Dear listener, welcome back to the show that talks about something on purpose. It's Trapo. I'm Dustin. I'm Kai. It might not be Kai. It might be the ghost of Kai. <laughs> After the ghost, this, of, the like, ghost of Kai yeah, is right, here right now, to I'm cover just, for I'm me. Just, this whole recording might just be tossed at the fucking window and we'll have to like redo a mailbag, which is fine. <laughs> but anyway, you know, Kai, what do you say? It's the holiday season. What do you call oh, Christmas? Shit. Again? Kwanzaa. Yeah, you know what? It sneaks up on you, but it's back. And apparently, if you're in America in December, you can't get the fuck away from Christmas. You can't do it. You're going to hear Christmas. You're going to see Christmas. You will smell Christmas. Cinnamon and pine trees. Pine trees and bullshit and failure. Nutmeg. <laughs> Nutmeg and failure, Kai. That's exactly it. That should be like one of those Glade plug-in scents. Like, oh, I got pumpkins. <laughs> I got Misty Meadow. I got Nutmeg and failure. Yes, it's Christmas again. So I this got is Christmas. Spice and locker room. Gross. I think I just puked in my mouth a little bit. That might have been the, 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 the fucking punch I've been drinking. The holiday punch. Because, you know, it's the holiday season. They're pissed off. They're stressing out. You know, that's the thing about the holidays, man. You gotta figure out a way to relax. I know, we grew up celebrating Christmas. Neither one of us are what we would call practicing Christians. But we still celebrate Christmas. It may be a secular Christmas, but it's still Christmas. What about the people who don't celebrate Christmas? Jewish people, you got the you got the Muslims, you got the, all the other denominations, you got all the people out there who are just, this isn't a thing for them, but they still, if you're in the Western world, you can't get the fuck away from it. That's a nightmare, I think. <laughs> yeah, even if you're just trying to live your life, it uh, it's thrown right in your fucking face for at least a month. Oh, Kai, at least two months now. Yeah. We could have Thanksgiving, right? Not so much anymore. Nowadays, like, as soon as Halloween's over, I think it's time for Christmas to start. Well, I don't agree with that. No one should. It's not like that anymore. We, we don't have that luxury. You know what? It's a bad thing. That's it. The only reason is consumerism to sell shit longer. More yeah. money. That makes me sick, man. I fucking hate it. There's nothing we can do about it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, you can ignore it, but you can't really right, that right. much if you go places. If you go places, you're screwed. You will have to confront it. People talk about how Christmas kind of spreads across the, the landscape like a fungus. You can't get rid of it. One of the biggest perpetrators of the seasonal spread is the hallmark channel i mean we know this the hallmark channel has this wonderful tradition called the countdown to christmas oh yes and uh, the countdown to christmas began in the year 2009 and ever since then it's grown exponentially it has become synonymous with the holiday for many people it truly has i, I remember 2009 when the countdown to christmas first started it was a big deal 2009 they had 12 original fucking movies all about christmas all new for one year? Come on, that's a lot. It's overwhelming. And that was 2009. Guess what's happened since? It hasn't gotten smaller. Each year, they, they produce more original movies. 2022. You want to know how many Hallmark Channel original movies they have produced for this year's Countdown to Christmas? You want to know? 22. Go ahead. Is that your guess? 22? Yeah. They made they made 40. 40, kind. And one of them stars Bruce Campbell, which means I have to watch it. <laughs> They reeled you back in. But now I'm fucking screwed because Bruce Campbell's like, hey, I want some of that Hallmark Channel Christmas money, so I'm screwed. I used to run another blog called The Book of Lies. On that blog, starting in 2014, let's say a, let's say a long-running series. For me, for me, it was long-running. 
but I had a series called Schlockness. And the idea behind the series was that I would watch just a random movie on the Hallmark Channel on any, on any given day. After I watched that movie, I would review it on my blog on the same day. I decided, you know what? 12 reviews in 12 days. I'll be honest, I had a decent response on the blog. But the next year, I made a mistake. You know what that mistake was? You went big. Uh, 12 days? Let's do 25 days. Let's do one every day. For 25 days. I think that I kept up the 25 days of Schlockmas till 2018. When I, I had my fill. I was done. I couldn't do it anymore. For the sake of my own sanity, I had to stop. But I was still getting good numbers on the reviews. So for the next two years, I'd review a handful of movies. But I had to stop altogether because I couldn't watch these movies anymore. So after 2020, I was done. I couldn't keep this up because basically I'd overdosed on this on this con- this content. Yeah, you went hard. <laughs> well, you have to think of the cookie-cutter nature of these movies. There's an assembly line quality to them. At you some don't point, also, this. your reviews just have to... You could pick another review and probably cut and paste half of it, writing the same thing, but like, no, there's only so many things you could say about 800 movies that are all basically the fucking that's, same. That's literally it. I was toying with the idea of doing this for several years, but I never actually pulled the trigger on it. My idea was I would make up a movie, copy and paste random paragraphs from several of my reviews, put them into one review, and make it look like this is a, a new movie from the Hallmark Channel. And I would Photoshop a poster, and it would look probably as good as the posters that Hallmark Channel puts together for these movies. That was a plan. I was, I, but I just because I I got so burned out on reviewing these things. I was going to do it for 2021, but I was so burned out I couldn't review anything, not even a fake movie. You know what's funny? So, if you had done that the next year, that movie would have been real. That's my fear. That's, that's exactly fear what would have happened. You would have breathed it into existence. Someone somewhere would have been like, "This movie's not real." But it could be. That's my fear. But the reason why I, I stopped doing this, basically, I couldn't ignore the assembly line quality of these movies. They were all the same thing, and so I couldn't watch them anymore. You have to keep in mind, just for clarification, I was not reviewing these films in relation to what you would call real Christmas movies. Uh, Christmas Story, Miracle on 34th Street, It's a Wonderful Life, stuff like that. I wasn't comparing A Charming Christmas to It's a Wonderful Life. That's insane. You have to review these movies in the proper context. You have to grade them on a curve. But even so, after so many years, this is something I, I couldn't keep up anymore. It's, I seem to remember one of the last ones that had a lot of blah, blah, blahs. It got that way. Fucking blah, blah, blah. I keep fucking talking. I tried to figure out a way to review each movie so that it didn't sound like I was copy-pasting the same review again and again, but sometimes I failed and sometimes I just broke down. But I will admit, if you're watching these movies the way they're intended to be seen as kind of a benign form of entertainment, usually if you're not even really paying close attention to this stuff maybe it's on a relaxed schedule you probably won't even have any real issues with most of these movies you really probably won't because it's just something you watch you get kind of that manufactured warm and fuzzy christmas feeling and then you move on with your life that's perfectly reasonable but if you force yourself to watch 25 of them in 25 days while also attempting i say attempting to write any kind of critical analysis for these movies that's an entirely different story and after a while you can't ignore the formula I started to literally feel like it, like one of those operators in the Matrix, those guys that sit in front of all the TV screens that watch all the lines of code cascading down the screen. That's how I felt. I didn't see Love You Like Christmas. I saw ones and zeros flowing downward, ever downward. That was my exactly life. what was coming next. Now, I, on a personal level, for anyone who may be listening to this show, I would recommend, just for the sake of morbid curiosity, Going back and reading some of my Schlockmas reviews in order any given year, it's a good way to, to witness kind of a slow motion mental breakdown. <laughs> yeah, the, 
The first ones were much more heartfelt and genuine reviews with a lot of Christmas spirit and enthusiasm on your part. And by the end, it was like, uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, by the time you get to Christmas Eve, I'm basically ranting at no one. I'm screaming into the void. It's not good, but it's funny to witness. I'm not trying to present myself as some kind of expert on any of this. I'm just saying I have a lot of experience in watching these movies. I know how they work. I understand what they represent. I have to throw out a few you can call them trigger warnings you can call them content warnings in this episode we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about christmas first off so if that's a trigger for you you might want to you might want to just click away right now because you're in big trouble we're going to be talking about christian conservatives not in a very positive light if you in fact are a christian conservative first off you can go fuck yourself and second off (laughs) you should be listening to this show in the first place and we're also going to be talking about subjects such as uh bigotry and homophobia if that triggers you you don't have to listen to this episode it's perfectly reasonable you don't want to deal with heavy subjects like that in christmas you just want some enjoyment listen to john denver mariah carey and have a good time i don't care more power to you that's the long and short of it we're going to be talking about some heavy subjects it's not going to be a long episode so you don't have to worry about that like 90 percent of what i said earlier i'm just going to cut that out it don't matter christian conservatives you say yeah yeah we're going to be dealing with these topics and we're not going to be very charitable i'm just going to get to it you know who candace cameron beret is kind of you know you know she is oh yeah DJ Tanner, you mean? Full House. Everyone loves Full House. It's like oatmeal, basically. It's fine. You're not going to starve to death. You're going to eat your fucking oatmeal. You're, you're not going to die if you miss it. No. But it's fine. This bizarre nostalgic love for Full House. We were in the wheelhouse for this show. We were right on the button when it comes to the people who have nostalgic love for Full House. I personally don't get it, but I also have weird nostalgic hangups on certain things, so I can't fault people. For feeling yeah. a certain way about Full House. I always thought it was fine. Oh my god, it's still the best. Like Friends or Seinfeld or something. You know, I have teenage daughters. that They watched the new reboot or whatever, but so many laugh tracks. God damn, fucking just unnecessary. Half of some of those episodes was laugh tracks. Was it actually filmed in front of an audience? Almost all those old shows were, but some of that laughter was bullshit. You know it was. Some of that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. The Tanner family is back. Let me get my KY. I'm here. I gotta call the Kentucky gentleman and get him over here. The point I'm trying to make is that the Hallmark Channel's Countdown to Christmas has become an intrinsic part of the holiday season for a lot of people. It's actually a pretty big deal. One of the executives who helped shepherd along the Countdown to Christmas for Hallmark Channel is named Bill Abbott. Now, Bill Abbott is an outspoken Christian conservative, and he was a former chief executive at Crown Media, which is the Hallmark Channel's parent company. In late 2019, you may have heard of this, you probably haven't, there was a bit of a controversy surrounding the Hallmark Channel due to an ad from a company called Zola. They're a wedding planning site. They had two ads that holiday season and both of them aired on the Hallmark Channel. One of them culminated in a kiss between a bride and groom. The second one culminated in a kiss between two brides. Both of these kisses lasted a fraction of a second. They were just basically a peck on the cheek. No big deal. Some people, not a lot of people in retrospect, but some people started a bit of a backlash. They called up the Hallmark Channel. They raised a bit of a fuss on the internet saying, hey, wait a minute, you've got homosexuals kissing on your network. 
We don't like that sort of thing. In these situations, especially if you're, and let's be honest, a bit of a conservative network in terms of your content, like the Homework Channel, you would tend to react a little strongly to something like this. Oh, you get a bit of a backlash. Oh, oh we'll, we'll pull the ad. And so Bill Abbott ordered the uh, the homosexual ad pulled, not the heterosexual ad. The bride and groom kissing, perfectly fine. The two brides kissing, get it off the airwaves. Now that created a much larger backlash. Mm -hmm. That was a big deal. That that blew up. Shortly after that started, which turned out to be a really big deal, Crown Media decided, okay, we'll keep the ad rolling on our network. Shortly thereafter, Bill Abbott resigned from Crown Media. Pure he coincidence. Claims, he claims the timing was coincidental. But you also have to wonder, did he resign of his own volition? Or was he sort of, let's say, urged to vacate his position? We don't know. We may right. never know. And that's one of the issues that I've always had regarding Hallmark Channel. Now, Christmas movies alone on the small screen represent, right now, it's estimated to be around half a billion dollars a year in ad revenue. That's a lot of money, especially in, the, in a television ecosystem that keeps shrinking every year. This business is still growing. That's a big deal. Now, I've always found all of this interesting from a, a personal standpoint because the TV movie ecosystem, of which Hallmark is probably the biggest player, is an almost entirely independent system from what we consider Hollywood. There's a lot of money being made here, but a large cross-section of Americans, they're almost entirely unaware of this. But the companies that operate this lucrative kind of factory, they're not closely related to the big studios and the big TV networks. They're operating on their own. Most of their dealings kind of fly under the radar when you regard traditional Hollywood media. Variety, 90% of the things that happen under Hallmark Channel, they're not being reported by them. No one knows what's happening. Hallmark Channel's first weekly series was called Cedar Cove. It ran for three seasons. And for each of those seasons, it had a different showrunner. The showrunner of Cedar Cove either left or was fired after each season aired. And I have no idea what happened in any, in any of those cases. But this show had three showrunners in three years because the motherfuckers kept leaving. Why? It's a mystery. Because no one reports on this stuff. An actor can be a big deal a big fish in this small pond and be almost completely anonymous in the bigger picture. There's actually a term to describe this phenomenon and it's Hallmark Famous. Now, Christmas movie is a completely different thing from the television Christmas movie. Christmas movie is a real movie. It's a Wonderful Life, Miracle on 34th Street. Those are real movies. They are made by craftsmen. They have heart. They're real things. The stuff that's pumped up by the Hallmark Channel, it's a product. It's content. I'm not going to say that's an inherently bad thing because honestly, I don't think it is. It's a thing. But then we move, we move on to a new entity in the television ecosystem called Great American Family. Now, Great American well, that Family- sounds totally wholesome and kind. American values, Kai, you're absolutely right. Now, Great American Family was born of an entity called GAC or Great American Country, which existed for years and no one knew it existed. Why? Because they mostly played country music videos and shitty syndicated programs. I think that's what it was. It was owned by Discovery Incorporated. Discovery Networks owned GAC and didn't know what the fuck to do with it. So they sold it to a company formed by, I want to say, Bill Abbott? Oh my God. Oh. Wait, oh my God. But not just Bill Abbott. He had people who helped him out, including a group called Hicks Equity Partners. But Hicks Equity Partners 
is a firm owned by the family of a Mr. Thomas Hicks Jr. Thomas Hicks Jr. is the co-chairman of the Republican National Committee, among other things. It's not just that this motherfucker is a part of the Republican National Committee. His family, they helped fund rallies that organized the January 6th. It was an attempted coup. They're election deniers. They're just a genuine family of creeps. Thomas Hicks publicly described himself one time as Donald Trump Jr.'s best friend. Now, Bill Abbott has claimed publicly that the Hicks Equity Partners owns a small minority stake in the business. Can you show us any numbers? No? We'll take your word on that. So that's all suspect for me right off the bat. At first, when I heard about Great American Family as an entity, oh, well, this company hired him because they wanted to create their own answer to the Hallmark Channel. That makes sense. They want to hire the guy who helped create the Hallmark Channel as we know it today. That makes sense. I get that. This motherfucker co-owns the company that bought Great American Family. He's one of the architects of this whole deal. Bill Abbott left because he hated, I mean, this is supposition. He was overridden in his own company and they said we'll let the gay ad continue to play he left he decides i'm gonna make my own tv network that's gonna be like hallmark channel basically we're gonna have hallmark channel but no queers that's the gist of it good old-fashioned american values okay sure over the past year or so as he's been building this network and getting ready for its launch one of the bizarre things which has always been in the press releases whenever Great American Family has signed a new actor to star in their movies, they've always mentioned how so-and-so has signed an exclusive contract with Great American Family. I want to say Trevor Donovan, Jen Lilly, they've been well-associated with the brand. A little earlier this year, Danica McKellar signed an exclusive contract with Great American Family. I'm thinking, wow, that's a pretty big get because Danica McKellar has really established herself on the Hallmark family of networks. And then the big one came down earlier this year. Candace Cameron Bure. Not not only has she signed an exclusive contract to act for Great American Family, she has also signed on as the network's chief creative officer. That's not a ceremonial position. That's a real job. That means she is shepherding the creative content of that network moving forward. She has a say in everything that's going, all original programming that will air on Great American Family. That's not a name on a door. That's a fucking job. That's real power. Not the illusion of power. That's real power, Kai. I had no idea about the behind the scenes machinations. So I just figured they made her an offer she couldn't refuse, right? He gave her the pilot seat. Now the thing about Candace Cameron Bure, she's been in a series of Christmas movies for Hallmark. But beyond that, she's become one of the faces of the Hallmark channel. She started a long running series of movies on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, the sister network. The Aurora Tea Garden Mysteries is the name of the series. And this has been running for literally years. She jumped ship. I just read like the press release. I thought, well, she's got her own thing going on now. Good for her, I guess. We have to go back to Candace Cameron's brother. Does anyone remember Kurt Cameron from Growing Pains? Is that even a thing anymore? Is there any nostalgic love for Growing Pains anymore? Kurt Cameron has been a Christian fundamentalist since Growing Pains. I, I don't want to talk about Kurt Cameron because I think he's kind of a shitty human being. First, we have to mention Candace Cameron Beret. She's a Christian conservative. This is a thing that has not been uh, a well-kept secret. Kirk Cameron not only can't keep his beliefs to himself, he created his own ministry. In 2002, I believe, he co-created an evangelical ministry with Ray Comfort, who's a complete fucking monster. This ministry is called The Way of the Master. They have a podcast, they have a radio show, a series of books. They go on tours where they debate, they say believers, in Darwinism. 
believers. Now, Ray Comfort, this is a guy who I, I have to stress this because this is insane. He's attacked Animal Planet. He calls it godless propaganda directed at children. Candace Cameron reached a point. She felt like she was at the end of a rope. She reached out to her brother, Kirk Cameron. And Kirk Cameron gave her a book. The Bible. You might think so. He gave her a copy of The Way of the Master, the book he co-wrote with Ray Comfort. It blew her fucking mind. She picked up what it was laying down, and she became Oh, it finally a, a, made sense. What a coincidence. There's a lot of coincidences happening. I, I do not pretend to know the ways of the Christ. I don't know. But I do know the ways of man. The ways of man is bullshit the reason why we're talking about this is because there was a recent article published in the wall street journal of candace cameron beret regarding her decision to become the uh, chief creative officer of great american family these are all direct quotes from the article this is from candace cameron beret my heart wants to tell stories that have more meaning and purpose and depth behind them i knew that the people behind great american family were christians and wanted to promote faith programming and good quality entertainment good quality entertainment they're christians they love the lord she loves jesus i get it now we'll go back to bill abbott for a minute he's been poaching hallmark channel talent one of the other big stories here is Lori lachlan now if you don't know who Lori lachlan is she was aunt becky in full house she did a little jail time because she spent an inordinate amount of money trying to get her uh her two children into a good school basically trying to buy her kids into this newest it was part of a huge scandal she did a little jail time her husband, who I didn't know this, the founder of Mossimo, married Lori Lachlan and did some time in jail. And uh, because of that, Lori Lachlan, who had a very lucrative career with the Hallmark Channel, including a series of movies called The Garage Sale Mysteries, which was ongoing, uh, a starring role in their flagship original series called When Calls the Heart. She got arrested. She got convicted. When Calls the Heart, I believe it's sixth season, was currently airing, starring Lori Lachlan on the Hallmark Channel. Three or four episodes in, Hallmark pulled the plug on When Calls the Heart temporarily. The show came back on the air a few months later. Every single instance of Lori Lachlan from every episode moving forward in that sixth season was missing. She was just gone. She wasn't in the season <laughs> in the show anymore. Mm. They canceled her contract. They said, no more garage sale movie mysteries with you and no more episodes of When Calls the Heart. You're out of the show. We're going to write your character off saying you had to go take care of a sick relative or whatever. You're done. And considering the amount of airtime they were giving to Lori Lachlan, that was a big decision for Hallmark Channel to cut her but they did it and they stuck by their guns Lori Lachlan obviously didn't feel very good about that Bill Abbott big fan of Lori Lachlan Kai I don't know if you know this big fan she's part of the great American family she's got a movie coming out in January she's back Kai I love this quote from Bill Abbott she's America's sweetheart regardless of whatever happened who the fuck says she's America's sweetheart who the fuck gets off saying that since when oh wait since never 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 no. I think he just wants to fuck her. Oh, he wants to steal Massimo's girl. Lori Lachlan is not America's sweetheart, Kai. There was a backlash for like a week where Lori Lachlan was removed from One Calls the Heart. But guess what? The show isn't like it's ninth or tenth season. No one gives a fuck that Lori Lachlan's not in the show not. anymore. People forget. And they move on. Hallmark Channel realized that. And they said, you know what? We lucked out. And guess what? The network, perfectly fine without her. And honestly, things are better off without Candace Cameron Bray. She's not very good at anything. But yeah, we got all that bullshit out of the way. Candace Cameron Bray has this wonderful article in the Wall Street Journal where she comes off so well. Look, here's another quote directly from Candace Cameron. Mrs. Beret declined to discuss her departure from Hallmark beyond saying, It basically is a completely different network than what I started because of the change of leadership. Right. Why is it a completely different network? 
what has changed between when she started and when she left. When I can think of two changes, diversity and representation. Ever since Bill Abbott disappeared from the network, there has been an uptick in uh, representation of minorities in the uh, programming made by Hallmark and an uptick in representation of LGBTQ individuals. There have been gay people, gay couples in some of their programming. Uh, this is a thing that was unheard of and unthinkable before Bill Abbott left the network. Actual homosexuals. Being homosexual, not closeted, not coded, actual gay people, Kai. More black people, more brown people with speaking roles, not just supporting wow. characters, but they get to talk. Lead characters. Yeah, like they like they have agency. The story revolves around them. I don't wanna just come out and say that Candace Cameron Bure is a bigot, but that's the only major change that's occurred in the Hallmark family of networks since she started working there. Bill Abbott left. And then other people started to have a little more representation on the network. That's it. That's literally it. More gay people and more minorities. What else has changed? Oh, wait, uh, nothing. The movies are the same plots recycled over and over again. Just the same kind of rote romance again and again and again. The same formula. There's just more gay people and more minorities. But I don't think that makes Candace Cameron Bray look like a very good person. This is like dueling banjos. It's dueling quotes. We have a representative from the Hallmark Channel from this unnamed individual. We want all viewers to see themselves in our programming and everyone is welcome. Okay, that's the quote from the Hallmark Channel representative. And here's a quote in answer from Candace Cameron Bray regarding the possibility of same-sex couples on Great American Family. I think that Great American Family will keep traditional marriage at the core. That's just one of those moments that people would call a mask-off moment. That's just literally it. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. That's right. And that's why they want to make real Christian Christmas movies and other things. Hallmark just went woke and that made him nervous. They didn't like it. Which leads me to, this is a slight diversion, two slight diversions. One is uh, Danica McKellar. You know, I've seen a lot of these movies. I've seen Danica McKellar in yeah. several of them. Turns out she was a pretty good actress in this kind of movie. She has a natural charisma and a natural kind of just likability for this kind of role. Now, Danica McKellar signed an exclusive contract with Great American Family. Fine. Uh, she moved to Tennessee. She was raised in Los Angeles, lived there since she was seven years old. She's in her mid-40s. This year, she picked up sticks and moved to rural Tennessee. Here's the quote. I think it's just a wonderful example of life in McKinney Art. A lot of the movies of this ilk depict people from the big city falling in love with small-town America. That's one of the tropes. Oh, it's all about small-town America. Danica McKellar became something of a born-again Christian not too long ago. And she claims that the revival of her career and basically of her life is due to Bill Abbott and Candace Cameron Bure. They gave her a second chance. Wow. Now, they saved her life. And uh, part of that has to do because Candace Cameron introduced Danica McKellar to her own brand of Christianity. Did she give and, her, her brother's book? No, no, it's even better. Candace Cameron Bure gave Danica McKellar, and this is the thing that exists and you can buy it right now, the Candace Cameron Bure branded Bible. She took Danica McKellar to a Palm Sunday passion play. Hey, let's watch Jesus get tortured for like three hours. She took Danica McKellar to one of those, gave her a Bible, a Candace Cameron Bure branded Bible and that changed her goddamn life. Danica McKellar became a Christian. She's devoted to the Christ. We're really here to spread joy, to spread love and happy good feelings. That doesn't sound like something someone in a cult says. No, happy, happy, no. happy good feelings. And that led me to this little rabbit hole. Candace Cameron Ray literally does sell cool Bibles. Bibles that have her monogram. There are pages 
of commentary from Candace Cameron in these Bibles talking about her relationship to God and how you can have a closer relationship to God if you read the Bible the way she reads the Bible. She sells Jesus to people mm -hmm. because she believes in the prosperity doctrine. And so does her goddamn brother, Kirk Cameron. And so does Ray Comfort. Instead of all these ridiculous, revolting, filthy fucking evangelicals. You know why they preach the prosperity gospel? Because they want to rake in money hand over fist and not feel an ounce of guilt over it. That's what it is. It's just a way to alleviate their guilt or their lack of guilt over not using any of this money to help anyone else's life in a material way. They're taking money and they're taking money and they're not giving anything back, but it's okay. And their justification is the prosperity gospel. You know, you know what that justification is? No. Jesus was God made flesh physical. You know what else is physical? Money. Money's physical. God was real. He was made flesh through Jesus. Jesus needed to eat. Jesus needed clothes. That means it's okay for us to want a mega church and a fucking Gulf Stream, a giant fucking house to live in, and 7,000 cars to drive around in. It's okay for us to have money because God wants us to have money. Candace Cameron believes in it. That's why she's selling fucking Bibles with her name on them. Finding a closer relationship to God by giving me money. By selling you shit. More Give me shit. money and you will know God better. She is no better than her revolting brother. The mask is off now. And I'm not, I'm not going to say that it's all going to fail. Because guess what? We don't fucking know. Great American family could be a huge boon. It could grow exponentially over the next few years. But really, I mean, you want to get right down to it. Candace Cameron Bure has outed herself as a bigot. I'm not putting words in Candace Cameron Bure's mouth. She has literally said this through the quotes I've spoken aloud thus far in this episode. This is the thing that I despise about this brand of Christianity. It's just the way this shit works. And you know about this, Kai. People, these people like to play the martyr. They love to play the martyr. They're fond of this one phrase you'll hear quite often. Hate the sin, love the sinner. You know that phrase. They'll look you dead in the eye. They'll tell you they love you. That you're also going to burn in hell because you're living a sinful lifestyle. It's not their fault. It's not them. That's God. God makes the rules. But they'll tell you there's a way out. You can pull the ripcord. All you have to do is talk to God. Repent for your sinful ways and you will be saved. They'll evangelize to your face with this compassion in their voice because they love you. They love you. They want to save your soul. If you look at their eyes, there's nothing there. And when they smile, that smile never reaches their eyes. Now, they I'm not going to say they don't have empathy. They're not Patrick Bateman. They do have empathy. They don't have any empathy for you because you don't look like they do and you don't act like they do. You're a sinner. You're wrong. You need to be saved. You need to be corrected. But this is what they do. And it makes me sick. But they've done this forever. They stand in the way of progress. They've always loved to adopt the language of the martyr. They play the role of the persecuted when they've never been anything other than the persecutor. That's what they do. But they love to play the victim. Trying to practice my religion. Yeah, at the expense of others. Great American Family acknowledges the existence of the LGBTQ community. And they're also unequivocally saying, you don't belong here. That's a terrible message. This is actually something that I thought was contextualized wonderfully by a Twitter account of all things called Ho Ho Holiday Viewing. Now, Ho Ho Holiday Viewing is a Twitter account literally devoted to bringing to people's attention holiday programming. 
on TV? What's coming up this season on the Hallmark Channel? What Christmas movies do we have to look forward to? That's literally what this account does on Twitter. They're innocuous. There's nothing controversial about this Twitter account. They're just trying to tell you what's coming up. You know, Danica McKellar is starring in Christmas at the Drive-In this November, that kind of thing. Literally, that's what they do. The person running this account has been reading these articles and they are just disgusted by it. And they can't keep out of this because they have a conscience and have actually spoken out against Candace Cameron Bray and Great American Family. This is a tweet from Ho Ho Holiday Viewing. Arguing that it doesn't matter, there are more important things to care about, or it's their network, so they can do what they want, are the same tactics used to refuse black people's service in the Jim Crow South. It's their lunch counter, just eat somewhere else. Still cool with it? That's the tweet. And that puts it in context, and it makes a lot of sense. That's what Candace Cameron's doing. That's what Bill Abbott is doing. That's what Great American Family is doing. Which means any individual who has signed an exclusive contract with Great American Family is implicitly doing the same thing. They're endorsing bigotry. Are they bigots themselves? Maybe not personally, but they're endorsing the bigotry, which means they're bigots by default, which means guess what? They're bigots. I don't make the rules. That's not me. You have to take that up with the man upstairs. That's me. Sorry. Being an individual who has watched too many of these movies, I know how these movies work. I know what they represent. I know what they are. Innocuous entertainment meant to be enjoyed by the masses, and they're not meant to challenge the individual. You're just supposed to watch them and enjoy them and accept them. And people would say, okay, so they're disposable, frivolous entertainment. They don't matter. That's exactly why I would argue that they do matter. This kind of product, and I, I do emphasize the word product, exists in a certain context. People watch these movies. They just accept them because they're inoffensive. They don't ruffle feathers. They're just there almost as background noise for most people. There's a movie coming out this year on Hallmark Channel called The Holiday Sitter. Now, they have released several movies that feature homosexual couples in the past year or two. This is the first movie that from Hallmark Channel that features a homosexual couple as the main plot. They are the couple in the film. They're not like the wow. side characters. They're the leads. Which means, guess what? At the end of the movie, two dudes are kissing under the mistletoe. No shit. Obviously, people are going to tune in to watch The Holiday Sitter this year. White suburban families are going to sit down together. They're going to pop some popcorn, drink some hot cocoa, gather on the couch and watch The Holiday Sitter. These families are going to watch two handsome young men kiss at the conclusion of this film. Now, some of them will tune out. That's inevitable. Some of them will because they are offended by the idea of two men sharing an innocent love. Here's the thing I think I need to clue you people in on. Those people, they don't matter because they are a dwindling facet of this population. Most of the people who are going to tune in, they're still going to keep watching. And beyond that, you're going to attract new viewers and they're going to enjoy it. They're going to say, hey, I might watch more of this shit. I might watch more Hallmark movies because I watched the Holiday Sitter. But some of the people who sit and watch this movie, it's going to change their minds because this is innocuous, frivolous entertainment. This is the safe stuff. And if families watch the Holiday Sitter, they watch Watch two men kiss and they realize, hey, Hallmark is okay with this. This is the fucking oatmeal of TV. Then they're showing two guys kiss. That's going to change people's minds. You know what? That's the part that really matters. Gay people exist. They celebrate Christmas. And guess what? Gay people kiss. They kiss under the mistletoe too. In real life? I, I'm sorry to break it to you this way, oh, but gay people, ki they kiss. And this is what I say about representation matters and diversity matters. People want to see themselves depicted in the popular culture they consume. That's just a fact. Why wouldn't they? And if gay people see themselves depicted 
And a Hallmark Channel original movie. Gay people will tune in. They'll tell their friends to tune in. Just like anybody else. Oh my God, this movie's really great. I got the warm and fuzzies watching this movie where two guys kiss under the mistletoe. The audience will grow. There will be a backlash. There will always be a backlash, but the backlash will fade and eventually it will mean nothing. Hallmark Channel in this instance, and I hate to be the person who's giving an entity like Hallmark Channel credit, for something. But in this instance, Hallmark Channel is on the right side of history. For whatever reason, even if it's just looking at the bottom line, they've decided, you know what? We're going to take a chance because we see the way the wind is blowing and we're going to start including more people of color in our movies and we're going to start including homosexuals in our in our movies. Are they going to put trans people in their movies? I, I don't know if that will ever happen. You know, baby steps, Kai, baby steps. We're getting there. The culture is changing and Hallmark Channel is merely representing the change in the culture. Representation matters. Diversity matters. Willfully excluding minorities or LGBTQ individuals from your products because you don't agree with their lifestyle on a fundamental religious level. I, I, you know, it's bigotry. I'm sorry. It's bigotry. That's God. No, no, that's not up to God. That's you. Don't blame God for your bigotry. But yeah, we have all of this shit going down. Every actor who jumps shit from Hallmark to join this farce of a network is a fucking bigot. You mean Hallmark's making movies about Hanukkah now? They made a Kwanzaa movie this year? Oh my God, Kai. Maybe we're not so different after all. Kwanzaa? You know? Shit's happening. A milk toast brand like Hallmark is going woke. That's a big fucking deal, Kai. That's going to influence a lot of people moving forward. Great American Family is making choices based on intolerance, bigotry, and cruelty. That's bullshit. Candace Cameron has recently, I mean, literally like a few days ago, she spoke to People Magazine online because of the backlash to the Wall Street Journal. And you're never going to guess how she responded. She didn't show self-reflection. It was Jesus' fault? No, it wasn't Jesus' fault. Jesus is her rock, Kai. I don't know if you know this. Nothing's Jesus' fault. Jesus is the rock. I'm going to drink a big glass of milk. Eat some chocolate chip cookies, and then maybe I'll take three Viagra. She decided to respond to the backlash in the most cliched kind of woe is me manner. She painted herself as the victim, and she hid behind her beliefs like a true Christian. It absolutely breaks my heart that anyone would ever think I intentionally would want to offend and hurt anyone. It saddens me that the media is often seeking to divide us, even around a subject as comforting and merry as Christmas movies. But given the toxic climate in our culture right now, I shouldn't be surprised. We need Christmas now more than ever. To the members of the media responsible for using this opportunity to fan flames of conflict and hate, I have a simple message. I love you, Annie. To those who hate what I value and who are attacking me online, I love you. To those who have tried to assassinate my character, I love you. To those who have tried to bully me with name-calling, I love you. You can hear the world's smallest violin playing in the background. She's painting herself as the victim. Those people don't matter because, but no, she loves them. You're going to go to hell, but she loves you anyway. It's the most pathetic shit. She loves and she forgives the bullies who say such hateful things. Like reading the words she spoke and not taking them out of context. I hate it. All people did was read what she said. That's literally it. There's no misrepresentation there. Nobody was deliberately fanning flames of conflict and hate. Maybe she was, but nobody else was. But in her world, the media is dividing us. It's not her divisive words. She's trying to bring us all together under one big umbrella as long as we know our place. Just a real shithead. That's all, Neil. That's it. Everyone loves Candace Cameron. She's the best. I hope this network crashes and burns and she ends up hawking copies of The Way of the Master with her dumb shit brother on the streets or whatever. (laughs) 
She's, she'll be selling copies of the Bible she sells. <laughs> this story drives me nuts because bigots in positions of power are saying they know better than you do. They're going to deliberately exclude people. And it pisses me off. Hallmark Channel, bizarrely enough, is on the right side of history for once. And hope Candace Cameron Bray loses everything. She won't. They always get away with it. She's, she'll, she'll be fine. She'll die with money. She'll die happy. They always do. Yeah, her grandkids will have plenty. Diversity does exist. The representation does exist. Things are getting better. It's incremental, but things are getting better. Yeah, and I mean, I guess it would have been easy for the Hallmark Channel to just stay status quo. It would have been easier. They don't want to make things that proselytize. So there's that. They say that, but that's bullshit. Because Candace Cameron Bray's first movie for the network is a movie where her character literally has a religious epiphany and becomes a born-again Christian. Yeah. That's the plot of A Christmas Present. She finds Jesus. She wants you to come to Jesus, too. But, you know, I guess that's it. It's the holiday season, and this is holiday-related. I'm glad things are getting better to some degree. I hope Great American Family crashes and burns. Their numbers right now, in terms of viewers, are absolutely abysmal. I hope they never get better. I hope, by 2025, Hallmark Channel has hardcore gay fucking in prime time. <laughs> I wanted to bring people down because that's how I celebrate the holidays. That's, that's so, what uh, you've been doing for a long time. I'm so sorry, Kai. The nightmare is over. By the way, if you want to join this miserable conversation, dear listener, feel free. Please You've got a blog. Chapelshow.blogspot.com. Just go there. Leave a comment. Tell me to shut the fuck up about this because no one wants to hear it. I will never talk about this again on this show. That is a promise. You can send us an email, even though you probably won't. It's a Trapo hey, they, show. At- they might. We've been getting emails. That's true. We got to... We got an email, traposhow at gmail.com. Did you say, wait, did you say show at gmail.com? Yeah. That was my way of trying to get you to repeat it because it talked to me last time. I was trying to be slick about it. <laughs> just, just, just say traposhow at gmail.com. Traposhow at gmail.com. Uh, look, this is not the Christmas episode. This is a bonus episode, so don't freak out. The Christmas episode is going to be at least half as boring as this. Maybe twice it's as get- boring. I don't know. Oh, no, no. It can't be. Don't say that, Kai. Don't put that evil on me. But you know what? Guess what? Fuck you, Candace Cameron Bure. Get the fuck off the internet. <laughs> Trapo, the show that talks about stuff on purpose, is a Fenderman Incorporated production.